welcome to the Zwift SBS podcast. Zwift is the fitness app that turns indoor riding into a game. Explore endless roads, race riders from all over the world, and boost your fitness with monthly training plans and structured workouts. Join the world's training playground where fun is fast. Go to Zwift.com and start your free trial. Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. Welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we start, uh, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash cyclingcentral or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Joining me, it's Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave? Um, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Uh, another day ticks over. Another three bike races were held overnight. I know. <laughs> Trying to keep up. Plus, I mean, can I just say on the side, because it is an SBS product, Roland Garros. Yeah. Was on as well. My I went to bed me. at close to 4 a.m. We had four. I, I, <laughs> I had like four screens going at one point, literally, because I didn't want to flick even on the current screen. I know you can open multiple windows. Yeah. I had the but TV still. on. It was it was crazy. Bonkers in my house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was good. And you're not a fan of Formula One because the Grand Prix was on as well. <laughs> yes. And, and um, um, uh, Rica- got made Ri- the podium. Ri- Ricardo made the podium, right? <laughs> <laughs> we had a good night. It was great. Anyway, let's concentrate on what's been happening last night. And uh, we'll start with, of course, Paris Tour uh, because I think it's a great race. It's also, it was on SBS. So let's start with that. Uh, Paris Tour, Casper Pedersen is the Danish champion uh, and he won convincingly, not yeah. convincingly. It's, yeah, it was it's a pretty great convincing. Race. Yeah. Well, it was convincingly up against Cosnefoy, who he came in with. So yep. it was a two-up sprint. There was a small group, uh, literally 20 seconds behind, chasing them sort of all the way in. The The coverage started late, by the way, or came in late to, of the race on SBS because they were rocketing along. Okay. We've seen these record speeds this mm-hmm. year. Whether or not it's just been... A bit of luck with prevailing winds, time of the year. Uh, Parry Tours normally would actually be around this time of the year, wouldn't it? Yeah. In mm-hmm. give or take a few weeks. Mm-hmm. So, but it was a super fast race. And so I think by the time it went to air, I think it was 30K to go or something, you know, a 200 kilometre bike race. The gravel roads, there was a few new gravel sections, yeah. which they never used to have in. So it made it, I thought it was fantastic. I think, I think they, uh, inverted commas, succeeded up uh, yes. this one. Because Paris Tour was always, and we talked about it before, it was a race for the sprinters. It was on mm. the road. You know, you can think about crosswinds. You know, It was kind of a, uh, how do you say, very regular sort of bike yes. race held since 1896. And I think in the last few years, they've been trying to, to jig the whole thing a bit. Yeah, they have. And... and Look, the old the old edition they used to have that small climb towards the end, yep. so it wasn't ne- it wasn't always guaranteed that the sprinters would survive. Um, but gee, I like this edition. This was I thought it was fun. It was great to watch. And yeah. Sunweb again, like yeah. we we keep we keep praising Sunweb, but uh, well, they keep delivering. Don't they, they keep delivering. <laughs> yeah, and and we will talk about them more during this pod, not just from that race because yeah, they are they are riding super as well at the Giro, but. Yeah, look, on Pedersen, brilliant. Benoit Cosnefroy. Yeah, let's let's just yeah. take a second to talk about Benoit, mm. Benoit Cosnefroy because he's held the Paul Keller jersey for such a long time. I can't remember how many days in France uh, for the Tour de France. Um, I'm not going to say he was unheard of, but probably he was unheard of for the general public. But he's unheard he, of in the pro ranks. In the pro ranks. In, 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 yeah. a, in, a, in a, you know, broader sort of 
fringe cycling fan, you know. But we were at the point where we were still saying, is it Cosne Froid, Cosne Froid? We were it's Cosne Froid. It's, it's Cosne Froid. Cosne <laughs> oh, you know, our, our good friend and our adopted Australian, Jean-Francois Quinet, or yeah. Jeff Quinet as we call him, he first, Cosne Froid first came out to Tour Down Under when he turned pro because he, he was under 23 world champ, wasn't okay, he? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he had some pedigree, but you never, you know, you always wait to see what they can do in the pro ranks. And I always try and sit with Jeff Guinay because he speaks very almost fluent Italian. He's a meetup, he's a press officer for RCS at the Giro, works on the Vuelta, he speaks very good Spanish, obviously French, his English is good. He lives in Malaysia. Lives in, yeah, he <laughs> speaks multiple languages. He's he's a great guy and yeah, so I always get the pronunciations off him for a lot of the names that I, I don't know. Um but anyway, we spoke about Cosnefoy and he said, Watch this kid. Anyway, and that, that is a few years ago. Yeah, two years ago, I believe. And anyway, he crashed on the first stage, I think, or second stage. Like, really took some skin off. Was mummied up the next day for the next two days. He had bandages on all over him, his body. And he got through the next two, three days, and then he had to pull out because he was just really stiff and sore. So I sort of went, oh, well, you know, a bit of bad luck. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. But I've never forgotten his name, and he's just coming into fruition isn't he yeah this year like 2020 he's another rider in 2020 absolutely that has benefited if you could say that from the way the season has unfolded yeah and what's interesting as well for him is at ag 2 so ag 2 la, la mondiale which is becoming ag 2 r citroen next mm. year bardet is leaving uh and van der Wehmert is coming in yep. so this is going to be a change of strategic, a change of pace in that team. And now Cosnefra has established himself in that team as someone with a voice and someone that you, you can rely on because he's at the, that pointy end of the racing. I think they'd be excited. Absolutely. No, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be excited by him. They'll be, uh, I'm not sure what his current contract is. We might have to check that. Yeah. But uh, he's got to be a few years, I'd imagine, because he was only in Neo, I think, last year on memory. So, no, they'd be they'd be licking their lips. And to have someone like Van Avermaet, who he'll have his own ambitions, yep. 100%, but he is getting, I think, in the next couple of years where he will become that super domestique for a guy like Cosnefoy. Mm -hmm. Cosnefoy, think back not too many years ago, Julian Alaphilippe burst exactly. onto the scene. I think yep. I first heard of him in Paris-Nice. Mm -hmm. He was sort of boxing on for the win. He didn't win it, but he was up there. And we're like, ooh, who's this Julian Alaphilippe kid? This is Cosnefoy, yeah. potentially. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So watch out uh, for, for Cosnefoy. Yeah. Uh, altogether, Paris Tour is a very entertaining race. Yeah. Uh, what do you make of all those racing? We just divert back a little bit. But uh, on those all those races, and we saw it at the Giro, that are taking this line saying, let's go gravel a little bit. It's hilarious. Uh, like, how, how in do short, I find it hilarious. <laughs> I love it. Don't but how do you think this is received in a peloton today? Are they uh, going to go, not no, another, I think, not another I one? Think no, I think the riders and the new generation especially, I think they're loving it. You know, if they know it's happening, if it's official and it's there, they love it. If it's not official and they hit a gravel section or a really bad, rough road that's even sealed, but, you know, full mm -hmm. of potholes and they're not aware of it, then they'll complain. As long as they know beforehand, hey, the 118th edition of Paris Tours has got four sectors of gravel because they were marked as sectors like, yep. like mm -hmm. Paris-Roubaix. Mm -hmm. So it had that sort of feel to it, didn't it? It's fine. And the, and the guys and the girls love it. They're excited by it, you know. It's, do you it's think, do you think the mechanics know. are? Do you think the mechanics no, are loving mechanics it? The mechanics are like, oh, jeepers, <laughs> seriously, what, what is this? What are we, why do we have to go all retro? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the mechanics are hating it. Uh, definitely, definitely. 
Yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, moving on to Get Web Again. Uh, that also turned out to be an amazing race. It uh, and, and a former world champion yeah. wins it. And, and there was an art. There was a there was a headline saying proved it was no fluke. Madison proved. Uh, Pedersen, Madison. Yeah, I Mads was going to say Pedersen. it's hard. Mads Pedersen, another Dane won it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They've had some success, haven't they? In the one day, but uh, it said that you know he proved that winning the worlds wasn't a fluke. You don't fluke a world road title. Exactly. Just I'll just like to put that out there. <laughs> if it doesn't matter if you haven't won a single bike race, Oscar Freire, for the people who don't mm-hmm, remember mm-hmm. the guy, the Spaniard who won three world championships. He won his first, and actually I, I competed in that world title. Okay. I, I believe I went about halfway. But he had raced 11 days that year, Oscar Freire. He made the break, made the select group, I should say, of mm-hmm. 11 riders. He jumped them in the end. He was the quickest guy by a long shot, but he didn't know it at the time because he hadn't delivered at all in his pro career. He won that world title, and I, I've showed you the YouTube commentary yes, of yes, the Spanish yes. commentary. Yes. It's it, it's sort of it's 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 beautiful and it's cute at the same time. Because they're like, Oscar Freire, Oscar Freire, Campeonato del Mundo because they couldn't believe it. They're like, yeah. who is this guy? <laughs> and I think even Phil Liggett is quoted as saying, We didn't know who he was. So Oscar Freire went on to win a lot of bike races. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Mads Pedersen is going to win a lot of bike races. And for each win that he's getting in bunch print because that was a yeah, there was a bunch. He's, he's getting he was even more not that he needs it but he gets a bit more established and confident. But you know what happened at the end? It was the the, the final few kilometers. Go and watch it if you're listening. Get on YouTube or one of those steep hills, or you can see a short clip of the last two kilometers. That's sort of all you got to see really to understand this. There's a group of seven or eight riders. Mm-hmm. Wout van Aert. Uh, Matthew van der Poel, Degenkorp, Matteo Trentin. Remember, he yeah. beat he Trentin fair, in the World Championships. Fair, yeah, Trentin and who was second? Seneschal. Seneschal. They've jumped away. They've actually jumped away from that group of about eight riders. Pedersen. They've got about three hundred meters. Pedersen launches with one point six kilometers to go from the group. Jumps across. To the two riders and then wins the sprint and mm-hmm. wins it comfortably. Vanderpol, the talkies, Vanderpol and Wout van Aert balked each other out of it. I was gonna I was gonna ask you what, what happened there because we thought Van Aert Vanderpool in that finish yeah. at two kilometer to go, you you're not a betting person, but you sort of start putting you're money bet, on it. You're gonna bet well Van Aert, aren't <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah. Because of his Tour de France yeah, exactly. winning bunch sprints, mm-hmm. even against Pedersen or Matthew Vanderpol, but they they watched each other too much and and the others were watching them hoping they'd launch across. Pedersen just he just showed his class and mm-hmm. his smarts, his race smarts. It was it was brilliant. Yeah. yeah. I mean he did show he did show some several wins uh that where he was actually smart in his mm. winning in, mm. including the world championship yeah. last year. Yeah, exactly. Um yeah. John Degenkolb, let's listen to him. Yeah. I was uh, kind of gambling of course, but also about the legs, then uh, to go another time and another time, and uh, I tried hard to be always uh, in uh, the group for the for the victory because I felt uh, good and yeah, it's uh, it was a hard race, yeah, but very hard. Yeah. My shape is good, and uh, I said this up front, and I was uh, I was confident, the team was confident in me, and. Uh, <coughs> 
it's good to see uh, that I'm that I'm up there. Um, uh, that's that's why I love these races so much, and uh, it's it's good to be to be here. John Degenkorp, uh, straight after the race, you can hear in this voice that it's it was a difficult race, though. All I could hear in that was the church bells, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I loved. I actually love the sound of that in the background. Um, yeah, sixth last year. Uh, sorry, winner last year, sixth this year. It's not a bad backup for yeah. Nevin Cobb, which has been. Remember, he crashed out at the start of the Tour de France. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So he's had a he's had a rough COVID nineteen yeah. year for him. And so, he's, but he's bounced back. Yeah, and he's he's in. He, and he is in Caleb's team as well. Let's yeah. remember that. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, altogether, that's two races uh, done. Yeah, and the woman, the women's version, Sarah Roy. Yeah, brilliant fourth place for her. Just literally in the sprint finish. Um, yeah, great result for Sarah. She's look. We, we've got so excited about Grace Brown in the last few weeks mm-hmm. for the right reasons. Uh, when really, probably prior to that first result that Grace got, we were talking up. Or I had my mind on, and you did too especially for Paris Bay, Sarah Roy. Yeah. So, you know, I expected something from her in this classic season and there's not too many opportunities. So fourth place for her, that is a, a great result. She, a little bit disappointed she didn't quite get the podium, but still a great ride. Yeah, she can be disappointed about the not being on the podium, but you're right. You know what's more disappointing, I think, for, for us, the public, is the fact that we could have had really two, three, four strong contenders at the Paris-Roubaix that oh, will yeah, never 100%. exist until next year. So. Yeah, I know. You know what? I think uh, I feel for them that totally, we've talked about this already, I know, but yeah. how big is next, is April going to be, Paris-Roubaix, yeah. for the women? It's, a, it's going to make this even bigger, I think. Do you think so? I think so, because now, and I think Grace said it in the interview that we got of her a few days ago, she said something along the lines of, now we get to do it in all its glory, you know? So this one wasn't going to have the crowds as many, we know that, right? Yeah, it's true. Now they get to do it at the real time that it should be. But the thing is that they would have done it as well. So yeah, no, they would have had two. one doesn't cancel no, the just, other. Just, well, just shut up and let me have my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I still argue that for us Australians, uh, it would have been a very vintage year because yeah, we would, would have, have seen a lot of uh, of that Australian flag, uh, you know, in the little boxes yeah. when you bring in the name. You I'm know sure what? we yeah. just and we, you know, this. I know I don't have to say we can't complain, can we? No, no, we've, we'll never we've know. got just about every race in. It's that's the one we wanted. Of the one-day races, yeah. it's the one we And made. I'll bring a quote from Tsitsipas to tennis. Your past doesn't need you. Your future does. So don't Ooh, look behind. Snap. Don't look behind you. Look oh, forward. You've got that pinned up on the wall, have you? <laughs> I've got it tattooed, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> Mom, if you're listening, I haven't. It's not true. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, and then the Giro. The Giro. Of course, okay. this is why we are here as well. Stage nine. Um, it was a beautiful town. You, you, you were right. It was a beautiful area. That area is um, lovely. The stage. What did what did you think of that stage? It it sort of gave us what we expected. There were two possibilities, and this is stating the obvious: the break either survives or it doesn't. And that's pretty standard for any bike race, isn't it? But it was that middle mountain day, so there was just that sort of chance that the break could survive. Have to be a strong one. Turned out it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was interesting from that break was, you know, there were some good guys in there. Castro Viejo, 
of course, for Ineos Grenadiers. Larry Warbass, the American, former U.S. road race mm-hmm. champion. Larry, he's raced out in Australia a few times, in fact. And uh, Ruben Guerrero, the Portuguese young guy. I've come across him a little bit. He did a couple of years with Trek Segafredo when he first turned pro. He's now with EF. And he won the stage. Yeah, He won it brilliantly. He won it with smarts. And he doing so, believe this or not, you cannot actually believe this. He's the first guy in 31 years, sorry, first Portuguese rider in 31 years to win a stage of the Giro d'Italia. I can't believe this. 31 years. Yeah, it's a like, long, yeah. Portugal is next to Spain. Yeah. It's but, a European country. Yeah, but it's far from Italy. I know, but so, it's, it's funny how... No, you, I, I see what I mean. I Portugal's I mean. not a big... I've known this forever. It's never been this big cycling it's nation. True. It's true. When they produce... Riders, geez, they produce good ones. Yet again, they've got a stage winner here and then a pink jersey wearer. Yeah. To their, as so the last duo. guy to win a stage was one of my heroes, sort of. He was like my second-tier hero, if I can say that, because he wasn't a big star like Le Monde or Anderson, Cassio de Silva. So you've got as many heroes as I've got best mates. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I don't have any Ooh, best we're finding mates, out so something I think here. I might as well have heroes. <laughs> um, but look, there's an interesting little yeah. story behind this. So Larry Walbass... Um, he got he was pretty pissed off. I think I can say post stage. Mm-hmm. Guerrero, fair to say, he missed a lot of turns. He sat on a lot, and when I was when I was focusing on that coverage for the last sort of hour, I was noticing it, and I'm like Guerrero is sitting on. Yeah, okay. And he was he was coming through randomly, and they weren't really getting stuck into him. And there were other guys in the break. Ben O'Connor, incidentally, the Australian mm-hmm. was there for a while. But I'm thinking to myself. Guerrero is going to win the stage. Either he's in trouble and he's genuine or he's going to win the stage. And I thought they're giving him an armchair ride. Like if I was one of these other guys, Larry Warbass, Castro Viejo, I would have been getting stuck into him, you know, really getting stuck into him, forcing him, sitting up, making him go through, you know, really making Mm -hmm. life difficult for him. They didn't. He wins. So Larry Warbass said Guerrero was riding like an asshole today. Yada, yada, yada. A former rider from EF said, saw this this article on Twitter and went, not surprised by this comment, hashtag not the first time. Peter Stetner, who used to ride for EF. Guys, I'm sorry. Last time I checked, this is a business. Mm-hmm. There's big money at stake. There's big contracts at stake. You don't walk on the tennis court you don't walk out on the cricket pitch you don't walk out on the football field to make friends mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you walk out there to win and the Giro d'Italia is no different and they're not even the same team <laughs> they're, they're not on the same team so, so yeah and I'm watching it and and these guys know Guerrero better than me I'm just a yeah. commentator mm-hmm. you know I've well and truly jumped the fence but I know Guerrero is a damn good bike rider and I'm like, why are they giving him an armchair ride? Mm-hmm. And then they get pissed off after the stage. Larry Warbass, by the way, he's a lovely guy. I've interviewed him a couple of times. And I get it. He's frustrated after the stage. But come on, guys. Don't don't yeah, don't let him get away with it. Whatever, yeah. one, hands down. <laughs> and if I was if I was starting a pro team and I had to choose of those three or four riders, I'd be choosing Guerrero on my team. Because yeah, he's absolutely. going to be stealth. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Uh, on the stage as well, 7th of Lucas Hamilton and uh, Jay Hindley, 10th. This is exciting. This is exciting. Yeah, this is super. This is, um, and I, there's more to this. Well, it is because Jay Hindley is 9th in a, in, a, in a GC at the minute. Yeah, and so 
the way it unfolded, you got the break that won the day and you only had three or four guys just stay away from the break. So you got the winner who we just talked about and the other guys. So then you had Wilco Kelderman launched and, and, and it was mm-hmm. only the last K and a half that went up 9%, by the way. Kelderman gapped nibbly, gapped Stephen Kruzvike almost to the tune of 20 seconds. Well, okay. Jai Hindley was right on Kelderman's wheel. They're teammates, but Hindley was effectively... He was the first guy from the bunch on this, on this finishing climb, and it was not that tough. Now, it's a long way to go. We know that. But the question now is, are we seeing the first cracks of Nibali, and are we seeing the first cracks of Kruzvike? We're not. We're not? We're not. So what, they're going to come, or they're, or they're going well? I think they're going okay. They lost 18 seconds. It's nothing. In, in 1.6 kilometres. Hey, it's nothing. On, you're not meant to disagree with me. I'm the expert. Yes, I just want to. <laughs> but it's, it's... I'm playing out, mate. It's, no, no, no. I like it, though. I like, and you, I, I want you to disagree with me, but... Well, I don't want you to disagree with me. Oh, but I, no. want, I want this discussion because this, is a, this was an interesting stage. Nibley, he's not so bad in the wet either, normally. So, yeah, but look, look what's ahead. No, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, like I, I think Nibali is probably less afraid of what's ahead than anybody else. That's true. That's you know, true. He knows what's ahead. <laughs> but I just, I wonder. I really wonder. And I'm excited for Kelderman. Oh yeah, yeah. Kelderman's the sort of guy. Mm-hmm. He's had he's had a few years where he sort of was going to deliver, and then he had a you know a couple of bad crashes or injuries or illness was good and then you know and he was sort of the original one probably from Sunweb talked up as a GC guy and looked like he'd deliver and I think this is potentially his big chance here really big chance and on his day he can time trial yeah a guy in the top 10 as well uh, I mean that's quite incredible first Aussie out of 18 yeah. uh, that would start that race yeah. but it's not every year we've got an Aussie in the top 10 no and, and Jai's look he, he, I think he's he's still young it feels like he's been in the pro peloton for years and years and but it's sudden web yeah so we know how like we've been praising some web for quite a little while now yeah uh, we know what sort of year they're having mm. so we know what sort of support he can get and he's what inspired. sort of yeah yeah, he's what, what's the environment for him at the minute? Yeah, it's well, it's a great environment. I mean, he's got Michael Matthews there to lean on exactly for, for sort of moral, you know, as an Australian on the team. Uh, he's got Luke Roberts as a director sportive. So, mm-hmm. and Jai's, you know, I don't know Jai that well, but what I do know of him is he's a good country boy. You know, he's his feet are firmly on the ground. Um, he certainly won't let. The, the, the moment get ahead of him and he'll take it in his stride. So, uh, no, I think it is really exciting uh, for him. And, and again, as you mentioned, Lucas Hamilton. Absolutely. Ride, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So it's the rest day at the, the Giro. Uh, we had a quick look yesterday, you and I, on the Stelvio. There's a bit of snow. <laughs> yeah, you said to me, because I said I messaged you and said, hey, good news. They're saying there's no prediction of snow at the moment for a week's time, which yeah. is roughly when, when they're due to go over the Stelvio. And you're like, oh, bummer. Yeah. And I, I said, won't. hang on, doesn't mean there's not snow there now. <laughs> so we found the cam. There's, there's plenty of snow. There's plenty of snow. There's plenty of snow. <laughs> It'll need some grading, that's for sure. Absolutely. So we'll keep an eye uh, on the, the Stelvio. We do a Stelvio watch, I reckon. Uh, but yes, this is this is plenty of more racing coming up in the next two weeks. And of course, the the Vuelta is starting Tuesday week. Yes, doesn't um, start on the weekend because just reminding everyone, it's an 18-stage tour because it was due to start outside of Spain. They've literally scrapped those three days, which was smart. 
Mm-hmm. No point adding three days. And because of obviously the ongoing crisis in Europe with COVID, uh, if they can squeeze those 18 days out, I think it'll be a, Absolutely. A, a so we will know more, I guess, in the next uh, couple of days, if You'd not so. midweek. Yeah, um, the teams have got to, they have to start making their travel arrangements and, and you know, getting there. So I, uh, surely in the next, I'd say 72 hours, you'd think we'd have an answer. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. Uh, stay tuned to uh, the podcast if you want to hear more because uh, the Volta is also hopefully going to be on SBS if it takes place. Mm. Thank you, Maka. Thank you very much. This was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we go, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash central or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Until next time, it's bye for now. Before we go, a quick shout out to Zwift, the fitness app that turns indoor riding into a game. Getting started on Zwift is easy. All you need is a bike, a trainer and the Zwift app and you're ready to go. Explore endless roads, race riders from all over the world and boost your fitness with monthly training plans and structured workouts. Join the world's training playground where fun is fast. Go to Zwift.com and start your free trial.